0: He is risen. He is risen. Indeed. He is risen. God is good. All the time. God is good. All the time. Kids, you getting that? We'll try it one more time. Kids, I say God is good, you say all the time, okay? God is good. All the time. Okay, some of you guys got it. Good job. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Um, All right, well, we are doing something a little differently today. We're keeping the kids in the service with us. If you have kids who are making any noise, I'm thankful for that noise, all right? Jesus said, let the little children come to me. So if if you hear noises from the kids, that is something to praise God for, okay? So if you have kids, do not worry about them. Shouting, growling. If they start heckling me, I'd ask you to maybe... Tone it down a little bit, okay? Thank you. That was a good laugh. that was. That was appreciate it. They can laugh at my jokes. That's good. All right. Um, kids, we are going to read from the Bible. I'm going to read from the Bible in a few minutes or in a, in a few seconds. And this is more than just me talking up here. We're going to try to listen because God wants to say something to all of us, okay? He wants to say something to us. So I want you to listen really carefully. Um, I'm going to read from Matthew, I'm sorry, Romans 10, verses 8 to 13. Romans 10, 8 to 13, if you have a Bible, you can turn there. If you don't, it's printed in your order of worship, and if you have that, you can follow along there and read along, okay? So listen to God's Word. But what does it say? The Word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart, that is the Word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord... For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. All right, let's pray together and ask God to speak. Father, we pray that you would work in our hearts by your spirit this morning and that you would help us to listen to you. We pray that your word would, um, would take root and would change us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, if you, if you could tell somebody one thing about Jesus... The one thing, the most important thing they need to know about Jesus. What would you say to them? I, you don't have to say it out loud. Just think about it. What would your answer be? What would you say? You, what would you say? What's the one thing that they need to know about Jesus? All right, you guys got your answers? No. <laughs> 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 got to work harder then, man. Yeah. All right. You know what the, the, the leaders in the early church, um, when they were telling people about Jesus, when they were preaching about who Jesus was and telling people to believe in Jesus, you know what they said? Well, you know what they had in common with the one thing that they said over and over again to everybody? They said, He's risen, He's alive. He rose from the dead. That's what you need to believe. You need to believe that Jesus rose from the dead. That is the key piece of information you need to know. I mean, there's a bunch of other really, really important things, you know, that Jesus died on the cross, that Jesus loves you, that Jesus is is good and and just and merciful and all these things. But, But the thing that they continually said to people who didn't know him, they said, this guy rose from the dead. He's alive. And that's one thing that Paul says here, right? He says it right in the passage that we just read. It says in verse 10, for with the heart, I'm sorry, in verse 9, it says, "Um, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. The fact that God raised Jesus from the dead changes everything. It means everything. It's the key piece of information that that helps you understand the rest of Jesus' life. And how important, how important it is and what it means, okay? And so what I want to do this morning is talk about why Jesus being raised from the dead is important. What does that teach us about him? Before we get to that, though, I want to just remind you. Paul's saying that you have to believe in your heart that Jesus was raised from the dead, right? He's not just telling us to believe a nice story about a guy that, you know, was raised from the dead that doesn't really, that's not really real. He's telling us to believe something that really happened, Okay? He's telling us to believe something that really happened, that Jesus really rose from the dead. And there's really good reasons to believe that Jesus rose from the dead. Did you know that? I mean, number one, one good reason to believe that Jesus rose from the dead is that nobody ever found Jesus' body. Did you know that? Nobody ever found Jesus' body. There were a lot of people that were trying to, you know, get rid of the early Christians. And the easiest thing they could have done is just produce Jesus' body and they never could. They never could. They, nobody ever found Jesus' body. That's one reason that, we, that, that gives us confidence that Jesus was raised from the dead. But another reason that gi- gives us confidence is, is the way that, that the, the early disciples told people. There's, there's witnesses. People saw Jesus after he rose from the dead. Hundreds of people saw Jesus after he rose from the dead. And, and the disciples told people, you can go check with these people. And they'll tell you what they saw. That's another good reason. You know? and, and another reason is the way that the, the disciples changed you know, when the disciples were following Jesus, they were scared and they were kind of wimpy and they struggled all the time. And, and you know what? After Jesus rose from the dead, they were changed. They were, they were bold and they, they told everybody they could possibly tell about Jesus, the fact that he rose from the dead. And that's another big reason. And, and then another big reason is that just the fact that, that the church, the number of Christians, just so many over the, over the course of so many years, over the last 2,000 years, the church has become so big and, and the easiest thing to have done to stop the church from growing, the enemies of Jesus could have just said, no, this didn't happen, and we're going to prove it. And nobody was able to. Nobody was able to. So Jesus is, So Paul is saying, you need to believe this. There's good reasons to believe this, but this, this truth that Jesus rose from the dead will change your life. And this is why it's important. I'm going to say three things, okay? You guys listening? Jesus' resurrection helps us to understand what he did... It helps us to understand what he wants. And it helps us to understand what he gives, okay? So what he did, what he wants, and what he gives. So first of all, what he did. The very first verse in here, it says this. What does it say? The word is near you. It's talking about the the good news, the word of the gospel, the word that that he's inviting people to believe, that Jesus rose from the dead. He says it's near you. And right before that, you know what it says? We didn't read it. But it says, don't say in your heart, I'm going to ascend into heaven. I'm going to climb a really high mountain to get to God. It says, don't say in your heart. I'm going to climb down into a hole. I'm going to climb down in the depths of the earth to, to find God. It says, the word is near you. What he's saying here is that you don't have to do something really, really hard to get to God. You don't have to climb a really high mountain. You don't have to climb into a scary little pit, a hole in the ground. The word is near you. It's easy to get to God. you know why? Because Jesus did it all for us. The word is near you. The the opportunity to know God and know how much he loves you is near you. It's easy because Jesus did it all. He died on the cross to pay for your sin. And so to come to God is an easy thing to do. All we have to do is believe in him because he did it for us. He did it for us. Okay, kids, think of this. I know some of you guys often have projects. Do you guys have projects that your parents give you to do sometimes in school? Imagine if if your teacher said... Okay, in a week, we have a project. In a week, it's due. You guys are going to have to build a robot, okay? And I'm not talking a robot out of, like, out of like cardboard that you just draw on there. I'm talking about a, an, an advanced, really incredible robot. Have any of you guys seen, um, like, Big Hero 6? Have any of you guys seen that movie? You know the robot in Big Hero 6? I mean, he's really advanced. He, he can talk. He can, he can even fly. He can help people, right? That's the kind of robot your teacher wants you to build, Okay? Now, that would be pretty scary to have to build something like that. That would be really hard to have to do something like that. And what if the teacher said, okay, and when you bring your robot in to class, you're going to have to present it to the class. And you're going to have to show how incredible your robot is. And if your robot isn't good enough, your class might laugh at you. They might not think very much of you. If your robot's not good enough, that would be even scarier, right? I'd be like, I have to build a really good robot, but I don't know how to. But then what if you had a friend, what if you had a friend that was an expert robot builder? And they were like, I'll build the robot for you. And I'm going to make this the most incredible robot you've ever seen. And you can bring it into school and show it off. Would that be pretty awesome? You wouldn't have to do anything. you just have to bring the robot. He'd build it for you. And that's what Jesus has done for us. As far as coming to know God, if you want to know God, we don't have to build a perfect life for God to love us. Jesus has built the perfect life for us so that we can know God and know that he loves us, okay? So the fact that Jesus rose from the dead proves that everything he did before is enough to get us to God, okay? You guys got that? Okay, secondly, it tells us what he wants. The fact that Jesus rose from the dead tells us what he wants. Jesus rose from the dead, and it says here that he is Lord, right? He is Lord of lords. He is Lord. He is the ruler. He is the king, He rules over all things. And what does the Lord of all things, if he's alive and he is Lord, what does he deserve from us? He deserves everything from us. He wants everything from us. He doesn't just want the outside of us. He doesn't just want the inside of us. He wants the inside and the outside. He wants all of us. And and I see it in this passage, right? He says, what what does it say in verses 9 and 10? He says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Okay, so he's saying inside and outside, he wants all of us. He, wants us, he doesn't want us to just say that we believe in him and, and that we're Christians, but not really have a real relationship with him on the inside. He doesn't, he doesn't want us to just say, I'm a Christian, but not really have a, a, a like to pray to him and, and talk to him and trust him on the inside. He doesn't want that. And he doesn't want us to just say, you know, say, I have a relationship with God, and I know him, and I pray to him, but then nobody else knows. It's a secret, you know? I never tell anybody else about him. I never confess that he is Lord. He wants all of us, the inside and the outside. Think about it this way. Some of you guys have probably hunted for eggs, maybe already today. Maybe you came to the Easter egg hunt last weekend, right? What if I said, after the service, we're going to put a bunch of those plastic eggs out on the yard, out in the yard, and after the service, you can go out there and you can collect as many as you want. We're going to have thousands of them out there. And you're like, that would be exciting. Would that be exciting, you guys? Yeah, kind of? Okay. After the service is over, we go out, you collect as many as you can, and then you bring them back. You've got like a bag full of them, maybe, or your arms are full of them, or you've, you've stuffed them in your shirt, and then, you st- then you're like, I can't wait to see what I've got. And you start opening the eggs, and the first egg you open... Is empty. You're like, oh, that, that must have just been a fluke. And then you open another one, and it's empty. And you open another one, and it's empty. How would you feel? Would you be a little disappointed? Sad? Annoyed? Would you be like, I can't believe he told me to go look for these eggs, and they're all empty. I would think that somebody would probably be frustrated, and annoyed, and angry, right? Think of how frustrating it might be for Jesus... For us, if we say that we're Christians, we, we confess him and say that we're Christians, and yet we don't really have a, a, a real relationship with him. We don't really trust him. There's the, the inside of our heart is empty when it comes to our relationship with him. That would be frustrating, I think, for him, right? Right? Or think of it this way, okay, I've got this incredible Easter egg that's got like the most incredible candy inside, the best candy you'll ever have in the world, okay? And guess what? I filled it, and I hid it out there, but I buried it like 20 feet underground. Would you even bother go looking for it? You'd never be able to find it. I I actually, I borrowed it, and I didn't bury it here, I buried it at Freedom Park. I mean, you're like, I'm never going to find it there. Why would I even go look for an egg there, right? I and mean, that'd be great, but if it's buried so far, if I can't even see it, what's the point? And in the same way, Jesus wants us to not just believe in our hearts, not just trust him with our lives, right? He wants us to say it. He wants other people to see it. If 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 we believe in Jesus but it's just hidden, then it doesn't mean anything. He wants us to confess that he is Lord and live when you go to school. He wants your other kids at school to know that you're a Christian, that you believe in him, right? He wants you to go to work, and the people that you work with to know that you love him and believe in him, okay? So that's what he wants. He wants the inside of us and the outside of us as well, all right? And finally, his resurrection shows us what he gives. It shows us what he gives, okay? Okay? Um, In verse 12, if you look at the verse 12, it says, For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all. And then it says this, Bestowing his riches on all who call on him. What does that mean, bestowing his riches? Bestowing is kind of a big word, right? It just means that he, he gives his riches. He pours his riches on to those who believe in him, to those who call on him. So if you believe in Jesus, if you trust him, if you confess that you believe him, then God is a God who loves to pour out his riches. He's really rich. He has everything he could possibly want. That's how rich Jesus is. And what, you know what he loves to do? He loves to give his riches to his children. He loves to give his riches to those who trust him. Every day of your life, he wants to give you more and more. And, and the resurrection shows us this because think about the disciples after Jesus died. How do you think they felt? It was really, really sad and they really must have missed him and they were probably wondering what, what, what's going to happen next but then god gave them an incredible gift right he gave jesus back to the disciples after jesus rose from the dead and it shows that not even death can stop god from giving his good gifts to his kids okay and so this is what we need to believe this is what we need to, I mean, we need to count on god giving us gifts every day of our lives they might not be the gifts that we want or expect but they're always good God is always, every day, giving you good things. That's why at the beginning of the sermon, I, I said God is good, right? All the, all the time. God is good all the time. Every moment of your life, God is giving you something more. Giving you, whether it's his presence or reminder that he loves you or something, uh, somebody in your life to remind you of how much he cares about you. He's giving you things all the time, even out of places where you're not sure if anything good can come out of. Have you ever seen that magic trick where somebody like you know has like out of their fist they start pulling out like a long kind of handkerchief and then more and more comes out and you're like how where is this thing coming from where is this thing coming from i watched a magician one time um on a tv show it's called the carbonaro effect i don't know if you guys have ever seen that show but he's a a magician who he dresses up in disguise and he goes and he works in a store a lot of times and then he like kind of messes with people by doing magic tricks and in this one, he's working in, like, a camping store, and he's behind the counter, and this person comes in, and he's like, have you seen this incredible backpack we have? And he, he pulls out this little, tiny, little package. It's, you know, it's about, it's about this big, okay? This tiny package, and it's flat. He pulls it out. This is, this is the most amazing backpack you'll ever see. And then he, like, unwraps it, and then he, like, I think he, he blows it up. He inflates it. He blows it up with air, and it turns into a backpack when he blows it up. And so it's a backpack about this big, okay? And he's like, it's amazing. There's all sorts of room in here. This is a great backpack. And And then he reaches in and he pulls out a big blanket out of the backpack. This backpack that started out, just this tiny little thing. He pulls out a blanket and then he pulls out some like flares that like light up. And he pulls out a bunch of flares, you know? And then he pulls out a jacket out of the backpack. A big jacket he pulls out of there. And you're like, where is all this stuff coming from? And then at the end, he reaches in and he pulls out this like plastic sled that's like this big out of this backpack that's this big. He pulls it out. And you're like, where's all this stuff coming from? And this is the way that God gives to us, you guys. He never stops giving. Even when your life looks like, I don't know how he's going to get something good out of this, he pulls it out and he loves to bestow his gifts on his children, on those who believe in him. And, and, and that's how he wants us to respond to him, with all of ourselves, counting on him to be good at all times. That's what he invites us to believe this Easter day. The fact that he has risen points us to all of these things, to the fact that Jesus has done it all. I don't have to work really hard at being a really good person Although if I know that Jesus died and rose for me, then it it makes me want to to love others that way too and to love God. But I don't have to earn his love because Jesus has done it, okay? He he invites me to to see that that he wants all of me, the inside and the out. He invites me to see that that he is good and that every day of my life, I need to count on him giving me more and more good, more and more of himself, okay? Okay? And so this is where I'm going to finish right here. God raised Jesus from the dead. This proves, right, everything that he's done is enough. It invites us to trust him. And he is just waiting for you now to believe. He's waiting for you to confess that he is Lord. You realize that this is what you were made for. You were made to believe. You were made to confess. I want to just point out just the first verse, verse 8. It says this, but what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart, okay? Um, maybe you've been a Christian for many, many years, but maybe you're also here this morning and you've never really, you know, inside and out trusted Jesus and confessed him. You've never really believed that he is the one who, who makes you acceptable to God and that, that you have God's love because of what he has done, Um. I want to just say that this verse points to the fact that, that you have it in you. This is what you were made for. This is your destiny. God has implanted in you the desire to know him and, and, and the, the, the readiness to even confess him and to believe him, okay? Um, it's kind of like, I don't know how many, how many of your kids have bath bombs. Kids, you guys, you guys like bath bombs? I know our kids like bath bombs. A lot of times you can get these bath bombs with stuff inside of them, Right? And those are the best. I mean, they're, they're really the only ones worth getting, the ones with the stuff inside of them. Like, we've, we've had our kids get bath bombs with, like, Pokemon inside of them that when it dissolves, you get the Pokemon. When it dissolves, you get, like, a superhero. They're totally awesome. And, uh, and, and whenever, you know, whenever you have bath bombs, kids can't wait to take a bath. They cannot wait. But this is the thing. They, it's because they know that when they put that bath bomb in the water, eventually that prize is going to be there. It's, it's waiting there for them to discover for them to have. And I think that's kind of what Paul is pointing to for us. No matter where you are along on your journey, you were made to worship God. You were made to trust in Jesus, to believe that Jesus rose from the dead. You were made to live your life in response to a God who is good and wants to just give you good things, to shower good things upon you. That's what you were made for. Paul, I think, is inviting you today to believe in your heart. Jesus rose from the dead to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. He's inviting you today to do that. Amen? God is good? Let's pray. Father, we pray that you would help us to see the beauty and the glory of the resurrection, the fact that Jesus rose from the dead, and that he is alive today, and that he invites us to trust him and to walk with him. Father, we pray that you would help us to do that, to believe, to confess, to trust, and to enjoy all that you are. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We now have an opportunity to meet Jesus at the Lord's table. G is excited about it, too. As we do that, what we want to do to prepare our hearts is to confess our sin. To confess the fact that we haven't, we failed to build lives that are worthy of his love. And we need his forgiveness. We needed Jesus to die and to rise for us. We're going to pray the prayer that's printed in your order of worship. But before we do that, on your way in, hopefully you were were given um, or had a chance to get the communion elements. They look like this. If you don't have them and you would like them... Just raise your hand, and uh, the usher will bring him to you. If you If you see anybody, the usher will bring him to you. Keep your hand raised if you need it. No? Everybody in the balcony good? All right. Well, let's pray together, and let's confess our sin and our need for God's grace. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we praise you for being the God from whom all blessings flow, the Judge who declared us righteous in Christ, And the Lord now working in all things for our good. In response to such grace and love, we gladly take the place of humility and confession. Forgive us for caring more about people's approval than cherishing your acceptance. Forgive us for being quick to judge others and slow to forgive them. Forgive us for scheduling ourselves into exhaustion and bad attitudes. Father, teach us how to live and love at the pace of grace. In Christ's name, amen. Father, we now take a moment in the silence to privately confess our individual.